binoculars and what do I see? Jersey Devil, Chupacabra, half a dozen Yeti. But no matter, baby, what I do, I can't seem to find you. Hey, welcome to Featured Creatures. I am Alan. I'm Alex. And I'm Garrett. We have a long one today. Uh, some of us have a long one every is day. Is it? Hey, Whoa. <laughs> Just like two seconds into the episode. <laughs> uh, you know what people call that? It, I Comic timing. Textbook worm! <laughs> Whoa. It's more of a world record worm, I think. Originally, for today's episode, I was going to um, do Ogopogo, Manapogo, Igapogo. All the Pogos. And the Go-Go's. But <laughs> there was just too much on Ogopogo. So we'll probably do them, like, them in a group later. Okay. But when today... find their corpse, they'll be added to Globster Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today, though... keep... Uh... Today is all Ogopogo. I'm excited. So my, my thought initially was that all of these other Pogo monsters were just derivatives of this one original. Yeah. It, oh, so that's true. Then. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It what like I don't just mean like visually. I mean my assumption was that this is because it's named after the habitat, right? Uh, Okanagan Lake. Yeah. No. Really? That's just like a sort okay. of coincidence. We're, we'll so, get there. That's the first thing I got to talk about. Okay. All right. Ogopogo. The name comes from a British music hall hit, The Ogopogo, Ogo hyphen Pogo, written Which in 1924. Predated by Cumberland Clark, with music by Mark Strong, and made famous by Davy Burnaby. And here is... In the 20s. A clip. One fine day in Hindustan, I met a funny little man with googly eyes and lantern jaws and old silk hat and hairy paws. When I said to that sweet old chap, why do you carry that big thing of wraps, a butterfly net and rusty gum? He replied, it's about a weird like midget monster yeah yeah it's not about a sea thing at all but uh, avoided it sick in people's hearts and minds at a luncheon on august 23rd 1926 wh brimblecombe of vernon british columbia (laughs) sang a parody written by hf Beatty. That was modified to incorporate some characteristics of the Okanagan-like monster. Oh, okay. Ronald Kenvin, not Kevin, it's K-E-N-V-Y-N, Okay. of the Vancouver Daily Province, declared Ogopogo, its official name, on August 24th, 1926. Wow. So they just full-on just took it. They were just like, you know what? Yeah, this is ours now. Yep. Wow. It's also called... By the pet name, Augie. Okay. And then baby Ogopogo are called Ogopups. All right, that's not bad. That's pretty. That's pretty good. I'm glad it gets them up at baby sequel. But and then <laughs> its original name by the First Nations people, Nitaka. Well, see, that's so much cooler. It's Salish for Lake Demon. Wow, it checks Double out. Double cooler. So, hold on, you're telling me this thing isn't the devil man that was in the book that was open out No, there? no, that was a different lake monster. It, I mean, okay, all right, so it, hold on, hold on. There's an... Whoa. Oh, that was me touching this wire. It scared me, honestly. Uh, it, <laughs> there's another lake monster that's literally the devil 
Yeah. Which lake is that? You know, we'll get. I'm sure Devil we'll Lake. It. <laughs> okay, it's the Devil Lake Lake Devil. Yeah. So off the album Black Sabbath by the band <laughs> Bad Company. Off the album Black Sabbath. <laughs> oh. So the habitat is Okanagan Lake. Okanagan Lake is the largest of five interconnected freshwater fjord lakes in the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia. Named after the First Nations people who first inhabited the area, it was created when melting glaciers flooded a valley 10,000 years ago. It stretches for 79 miles and has a maximum depth of 762 feet and an average depth of 249 feet. Whoa. Okanagan has frozen over during eight winters in the last 110 years. Wow. And somehow there's still a sea monster in this frozen lake. Fuck yeah. yeah okay. There's a all lot right, of them. Hey, all right. You know, who am I to question what the devil's doing in a frozen lake? It's... <laughs> well, maybe this description of it will help you realize it's not a devil man. <laughs> I thought you were going to say this is going to like help me understand how it survives in ice. Serpentine. Overall length, 20 to 70 feet. Black, dark, green, gray, or dark blue. Skin is smooth and shiny. With some barnacle-like calcium deposits underneath head is like a horse or goats okay held at right angles to the neck horn-like protrusions ears are rarely reported whiskers or a beard slim neck five to ten feet long usually has two or six humps or arching coils but as few as one and as many as 14 have been reported middle hump is the highest out of the water two to three feet Several observations suggest jointed feet that aid in swimming. Tail is forked to, uh, or formed by two flippers. Okay, so I'm just going to throw this out there. I, all right, I don't have a good explanation for the tail, but I'm going with my old standby, camel corpse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got the long neck. It's got the hump, you know, whiskers or a beard. It's got a hump. Well, that's what I'm saying. But this one's got up to 14. Well, but as few as one. <laughs> Uh, I'm seeing a bunch of camel corpses lumped up together. The world's biggest taxidermy <laughs> fraud. In if it was in <laughs> Australia, like camel, camel King. <laughs> yeah. If it was in Australia, I would agree. Joined but together by the hump, rolling right, around in the sewers. Canada. So, it's mostly active in the afternoon. Sometimes spouts water. It swims by vertical undulation at a speed of up to forty miles per hour. Nice. Two or three animals occasionally seen together. Oh, okay, so this is this is one of the few cases where people are like, yeah, there's a herd of them. Yep. Okay. Presumably, the creature eats fish or freshwater shrimp. Though on one occasion, it, has, it was seen to snatch a seagull. Whoa, all right. I was thinking we had the first, you know, baleen sea monster. Man. Just strain and krill. It has been a while since we've brought up baleen. Yeah. Well, it's been a while since it's been relevant. <laughs> Bailey's always that broken. never I stopped am, us before. Well, I, I am trying true. to get rid of my teeth and put brushes in there. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. Ogopogo has been allegedly seen by First Nations people since the 19th century. In native lore, Naitaka demanded a live sacrifice for safe crossing of the lake. For hundreds of years, First Nations would sacrifice small animals before entering the water. Oral tradition often describes visiting um, visiting chief. Tim Basket. <laughs> it, it's one word, Tim Basket. All right, no, I like it. Just Tim Basket, who rejected the required sacrifice, resulting 
uh, refuting the existence of the demon. Upon entering the lake on a canoe with his family, Naitaka whipped up at the surface of the lake with its long tail, and the canoe and its occupants were sucked to the bottom of the lake. And then, and you know, the Okanagan seized the land of, you know, the visiting chief that just disappeared. Yeah, probably. It just, <laughs> just sounds like a convenient <laughs> way to make somebody Oh, I mean, look, they watched this guy get swished back and forth in the baleen, just filtered <laughs> in and out, in and out, in and out, so he became nothing but particles <laughs> of remains. Like, it's free, free real estate. Yeah. He just got, like, freaking crucible. They just, like, refined more and more into finer particulates by <laughs> Bailey's That's how it gets. Just, just uh, gargles and rinses you. <laughs> oh what a, what an what actual a, nightmare. What a way to go. And he's just like, ah. And he's just, like, gradually becoming dust. You know like, how yeah. he would have survived? If his head was a shark fin. <laughs> yep. Yeah, see, once again, always relevant. Baleen and deepest blue. Oh. <laughs> Oh, um, deep blue sea. Local lore. Pogo. Local lore claims that Sir John Lambton killed a worm, W-Y-R-M, ah, from it. which the lake, uh, from the lake, which resulted in all of his descendants coming under a witch's curse that would not allow any Lambton to die in bed. Oh, is that why? Okay, so you just like if you just like lay in bed and like you just you're bulletproof. You're just like <laughs> I'm gonna lay in this bed and you can shoot me in the head. I'll be fine. I'm yeah. immortal. <laughs> Imagine, like, that's your superpower. You'll be injured, and then, like, someone will push you out of bed. It's like literally Bedman from Guilty Gear, where you're just, like, <laughs> strapped to a bed and invulnerable. You're like, I built this mech suit around a bed. I can do anything. The Naitaka was said to reside in caves under Rattlesnake Island, a.k.a. Monster Island, <laughs> or adjacent to Squally Point. <laughs> Rattlesnake Island. Is it Squally Peninsula? No, it's a point. Ah, okay. Ogopogo Mania peaked in the 1980s when the region's tourism association offered a $1 million reward for proof of the creature's existence. Greenpeace came forward and named it an endangered species. Yes. Demanding that Ogopogo be captured only on film and not in the flesh. Thank you, Greenpeace. Sightings. There's a whole page of sightings. Whoa. I skipped a lot of them, too. Because a lot of them were like, I saw it. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> I mean, but they're Canadians. It's more like, uh, you know, saw it, eh? Uh, 1855. Settler John McDougall claimed that his horses were sucked down into the water and nearly his canoe before he cut the line. See, so sucked wow. in. It's the baleen rinse motion once again. Just... His horses got the Artax treatment. Oh. 1872. Susan Susan Allison's 1872 sighting was the first detailed Ogopogo count from a white settler. She was the first non-native person to live in the region, establishing relations with the native people. In 2010, Allison was designated a national historic person by the Canadian government. Wow, okay. I just felt I needed to put all her important information in there. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, it, important. you didn't even Historical. reference the, the rare double, the woman with the two first names. Susan Allison? Yeah. Usually that means you're a serial killer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so, actually. Checks out. But, I mean, she's also a woman, so that's pretty rare. You usually get the female serial killers. There's a couple. Well, it's Warnos are not two. Those are two very different, not first and last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 1923. Lydia Hodgson, 
of Okanagan Landing got a good view of Okopogo on July 21st. As she was riding a horse along the shore, it looked like an upturned boat at first. But as she got closer, she was able to see three humps and a head. The animal moved its head from side to side and moved its eyes. While Hodgson called her son, Ogopogo immediately submerged and swam underwater towards the center of the lake. So his head going like, no, 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 just don't don't look at me, don't look at me. Exactly. Ignore me. You think I'm an upturned boat, but I was like, no, no, no. Uh, 19- oh, I hope Ogopogo is okay and that's not a cry for help. 1926. John L. Logie, his wife and his driver, P.J. Dodwell, saw a 20-foot animal on July 19th, 1926 as they were driving along the lake north of Peachland. It raced alongside their car, producing a foot-high swell. Wow. Another one in 1926. Ogopogo made an appearance between Galalt... Gelal... Gelati Point and West Bank during a baptism on November 18th, 1926, where 50 or 60 people were gathered on the shore... Witnesses said it had a sheep-like head raised two feet above the water and several coils the size of automobile wheels. Wow. And like 60 people saw this? Yeah, 50 or 60. Wow, I mean, this this rivals the sighting where that whole train tried to shoot that flying snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Skeleton snake, right? Uh, no, it was a regular snake. Is that regular drawing that threw me off? I forgot. <laughs> ba ba ba. October 6th, 1935, Edward Graham, Jim Ripley, and Charles B. Graham were fishing near the north end of the lake when they saw Ogopogo rise to the surface some 200 feet from the rowboat. The animal's undulating humps were about one foot above the surface. It rose 200 feet, but it's only one foot above. No, no, it was 200 feet away from their boat. Got it. I thought it just towered above. Okay. <laughs> Like the neck is just like there you go. The neck is two hundred feet. Yeah, the no, body's like, like, so just like nope. Okay, just the uh, tail end. I'm all neck. On the evening of July second, nineteen forty nine, the families of Leslie L. Carey and W. F. Watson Jr. watched Ogopogo off Kelowna, 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 Kelowna. It was thirty feet long, sinuous, and consisted of five undulations. They saw what appeared to be a forked tail, and now. 1968, from the book. Oh, the book. What's the name of that book I'm making you read? Well, I'm reading this book of my own accord. It's The Field Guide to Lake Monsters, Sea Serpents, and Other mysterious, other Mystery Denizens of the Deep by Lauren Coleman and Patrick Hugie? Hui? I think it's Weeg. Maybe. That, that might be correct. Wait, is it like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, there's an artist in it. No one can pronounce his name. Uh, I've heard it as Weeg. Uh, it says illustrations by Harry Trumbor and Mark Lee Rollins. But is it like H-Y-U-G-H-E? H-U-Y-G-H-E. It's yeah. Weeger, the guy from Fist of the North Star. There uh, we go. Oh, I wonder it's a mispronunciation of Viger, which in and of itself is a mispronunciation of Voyager. It's the satellite from <laughs> Star Trek. Ah, okay. So it's <laughs> you mean the satellite from real life? It, well, no, like V'ger, the character, the satellite okay. from Star Trek. Read, read my book. His okay. name is Huggy now. That's my teacher called yeah. <laughs> Really? He's like, is it Peter, Peter Weeg, Weeg, Huggy? I'm just going to call him Huggy. I'm going to call him Huggy. It doesn't sound like anything. It's fine. Okay, date, August 1968. Witnesses, Art Folden and family. The Folden family was traveling on Highway 97, just south of Peachland in the late afternoon, when Art Folden spotted something odd moving near the shore of the lake which was otherwise glassy calm. 
Folden, a sawmill worker, stopped the car, grabbed his 8mm camera from the back seat, and started filming from a bluff overlooking the lake. As he and his wife and children viewed the object some 300 yards offshore, Folden joked with his wife that it was Ogopogo. She thought it was just a bunch of ducks. The short footage shows a large creature diving and reappearing, until it finally takes off, churning up waves and leaving a heavy wake before making its last dive. There's actually footage of this There's thing? There's a lot of footage of Ogopogo. Really? Is yeah. any of it actually compelling? That one was like 3D modelers. They did something and determined that whatever was in the video was a solid object. Okay. And not just like a shadow or a reflection. Did it seem to move consistently? Uh, but none of it is... Because um, there is currently... The $1 million prize is gone, but there is currently a $10,000 prize for like ev- concrete evidence of okay. its existence. Wow. And none of the videos are concrete enough. I see. Because, well, wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah. 1974, in mid-July, Barbara Clark was swimming towards a diving platform off the southern shore of the lake when something large and heavy bumped her legs. After jumping on the platform, she was able to watch a serpentine animal moving through the clear water 20 feet away. So she just Jason Voorhees out of the water. Something bumped her and just friggin' rocketed onto the dock. Like, nope, I'll see you later. Yeah. One coil was eight feet long and four feet above the water. She could also see the fluke-like tail four to six feet wide. Whoa. Okay, hold on a minute. That's huge. Yeah. 200 feet tall. One... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One foot above One the foot water. Nineteen eighty nine. John Kirk, his son, and two members of the British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoological Crew uh, Club. I wanted to say crew because that's a better name. Uh, now we're just an after school club. Jim and Barbara Clark were at Peach Orchard Beach on July thirtieth, nineteen eighty nine, when they spotted a thirty five foot humped animal. One large hump was visible through a forty times telescope. On August 1st, 1989, John Kirk saw again a 35-foot animal with three to six humps thrashing frenziedly near Green Bay. I looked it up. There is a Green Bay in British Columbia. I mean, that's it's weird because that's like even more, you know, Wisconsinian than the, you know, extant Green Bay that I would think of. Like, I just imagine how much more cheese, you know. <laughs> and all that poutine. You know, you, you know, we're the real Packers, eh? 1990. On July 24th, 1990, Mike Guzzi. Oh, all right. G-U-Z-Z-I, Guzzi. <laughs> okay. Uh, noticed an image at a depth of 350 feet on his fish-finding sonar near Bear Creek. As he was taking Japanese reporter Masayuki Tamaki on an Ogopogo search for Nippon TV. It, searched, or it seemed to consist of a head, tail, and 30-foot body. With bubbles coming up off the head. Whoa. Uh, 2000. In mid-2000, or mid-August 2000, Daryl Ellis, a cancer survivor, was swimming the entire length of the lake to raise funds for cancer research when he saw two Ogopogo pacing and swimming underneath him near Rattlesnake Island. One was at least 20 feet long. Okay, here's the real question. All right. Did he finish swimming across? That 79-mile-long lake? Yeah. You're when like, he neared Okanagan Lake Bridge, a large grayish animal flipped out of the water near him and saw he saw an eye the size of a grapefruit. Okay, so he didn't just like immediately get out of the water, is, yeah. I guess is my question. Well, like the that, disappointing part. 
is that it was just really Lance Armstrong and it was steroids. So we all got those yeah. Ogo Strong <laughs> bracelets for nothing. Pogo Strong. <laughs> I still support the message of Pogo Strong. Uh, we got some theories. Okay. Uh, the white sturgeon is the largest freshwater fish in North America and can grow to 20 feet in length. Wait, what? Yeah. What? Watch some river monsters, dude. 20 foot long regular fish. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's Watch some river foot, monsters. Five foot long bunnies. In British Columbia, it is found in the Fraser, Nachaco, Columbia, and Kootenay River systems, but has never officially been recorded in Okanagan. Its body is covered in large bony scoots rather mm-hmm. than scales. Yeah. A group of ducks swimming in a line. Because Okanagan is a major summer breeding area. Okay. Here's an unlikely explanation. Uh-huh. Uh, in the ni- uh, unlikely explanations proposed in the 1920s includes, include the marine or fish. Okay. So it's just like it got lost in there? And, or tropical manatee. It, well, okay. See, the, this is the thing, right? Is like, I can basically believe any kind of fringe theory that's like, oh, this thing that actually, like, actually exists that we've seen before just like got trapped in the lake. I can believe that. Go uh, turn, a bacillosaurid whale. A member of a family of archaic whales that lived 42 to 33 million years ago. They were kind of like serpentine whales. Yeah. Um, my personal favorite. My very personal favorite. A bunch of otters. Yeah. Yep. And there's one last theory. But I'll let this audio clip say this theory. Mm-hmm. Cap is a picture of a log. Nessie is a toy submarine with a head made out of plastic wood. Ogopogo. It's a plesiosaur. A f***ing plesiosaur. All right. A plesiosaur. <laughs> well, I'll be darned. I'm seeing all this footage, these 20-foot sturgeon. Like, yeah, no, it checks out. I could definitely see, you know, for the most part. And plus, you know, this thing's on its side or whatever. That explains the forked tail. Uh, it doesn't explain the long neck, but, you know, that's just people lying. <laughs> uh, let's get on to some pop culture. I couldn't find a lot. The only time I'd ever heard of Ogopogo... Uh, basically before this was like they they mention it on an episode of the x-files dealing with another lake monster um venture brothers and nardwar i can't do his voice today but yeah of vancouver british columbia Canada. well uh in Yu-Gi-Oh, there's a card danger ogopogo oh i forgot oh, about yeah. that yeah because the, the the danger cryptids yeah yep uh there was a danger chupacabra we didn't bring up in the chupacabra episode there's a yeah. danger dog man that is based on the michigan dog man really? that we didn't bring up in that episode michael donnegan i'm gonna <laughs> michael dog donnegan i'm gonna post all of our all of the danger cards in our discord server the only one that i knew was danger suchinoko i didn't yeah. know and that one i figured there's danger Japanese. bigfoot danger nessie danger mothman i want all of them wow. but like the average price is like five bucks each Highest really? is like ten dollars and lowest is like fifty cents, but like wow. the average is like five bucks. I mean, I thought Danger Suchinoko was a little bit expensive. I think it might good. not be in standard. I don't know how no, Yu-Gi-Oh works because Yu-Gi-Oh is all eternal. Yu-Gi-Oh has they have the right model where everything you can just always use. So in season you two, cannot always use everything. Sometimes it's banned. Season two, they, episode ten of Mike Tyson Mysteries has Ogopogo in it. Oh yes, that's and then the clip from the Venture Brothers we played. Yes, and then so. Uh, the song Ogopogo Punk by the Evaporators, which is... Nardwar's band? Yeah. Oh, I uh, didn't know he had a band. Oh, oh yeah. I'm going to play a clip of this. And if they get back to me with an email, 
before I have to edit this, the entire song will be at the end because I love it. It's that good. I couldn't play enough of it to get to the chorus. I see. But there's a rocking chorus. Yeah. After I finished my notes, after I printed it, when I thought I was done, I found more Ogopogo really? songs. So this this Ogopogo song I found on a YouTube page called Paranormal Song Warrior. Wow. How did Holy this not come up before? Holy shit, dude. This, like, I now subscribed, like... Oh boy, it's this one I think. Sorry, th- their name was you said Paranormal Song Warrior. Oh, when we're done, I'm gonna show you a bunch of them. Oh my goodness. <laughs> nope, that's a different song. Yeah, I. <laughs> There was a Chupacabra one, and there's a bunch of is them. It, I hope it's it's the same. It's literally the same song. It's I, just in Ogopogo. <laughs> it's Chupacabra. So the one that I accidentally played uh, was, I don't remember the name of the cartoon show, but I found it on CBC Kids, which I think is Canadian, so, yeah, broadcasting. Canadian broadcasting. It's a kid show, and there's a song about Ogopogo, which is the one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got for Ogopogo. Wow. I mean, I, I definitely want to look up video of this thing because yeah, I got to see how compelling some of it is. Some of it's real compelling and some of it's like, those are a bunch of otters. <laughs> some of it's clearly a log. But yeah, uh, that's all I got for Ogopogo. Wow. Where is my, there's my phone. So, uh, can Ogopogo beat a hippo? Well, yes. You know, if it's the the lake demon Naitaka, probably not. But wait, wait sorry, probably, <laughs> probably. That's the one. That's the one where it can. Uh, but if it's just like a twenty foot sturgeon, no, definitely not. That would just it's you know dinner for a hippo. I think it's got home field advantage. It well, you know what? That's true, right? Because when when's a hippo ever gonna have to deal with a frozen lake? Yep. Hmm. I think a very long, horrifying sea serpent can take it. I'm gonna go yes. You know, yeah. Why not? We'll get, we'll get, we'll give a win to the Canadian boys. And even just a bunch of otters. I'm gonna give it to the bunch of otters. <laughs> Where they, you know, they'd figure they it out. Feral. Ocean's Eleven style. They just heist. They are, they are the wolves of the the freshwater. <laughs> oh, ocean Eleven's ocean wolves. That, uh, I mean, they're smart, dude. Plugmentations. Uh oh man, I I had remembered something. Oh, okay. No, I do. I do remember what it was. Uh, so I, I think I've mentioned this. I mentioned this uh, in conversation with you, Garrett, that like baseball is doing their like bubble league. Yeah. Um, and it, it, this could be like the most interesting season of like normally this could be like the most interesting season of baseball ever, because as some people may know, uh, there was like the cheating scandal with the Astros where they had like their elaborate network of cameras and yeah, like yeah. people stealing signs, which like is kind of a contentious thing, but whatever. Um, but so naturally people are mad, like other teams are mad. So now it's like 
the Astros are, like, kind of mad that people are, like, still mad at them. <laughs> and so, like, every game that's involved the Astros has involved, like, some kind of, like, somebody either, like, getting hit or, like, the Astros, like, like throwing balls at people. Wow. Um, like, Joe so Kelly. So we're going, we're going hockey now. It essentially, like, Joe Kelly got suspended eight games because he, he threw a couple of close balls uh, at an Astros batter. Um, but just the other day, uh, a guy from the Athletics got uh, suspended for five games because he had balls thrown at him by the Astros pitcher. And naturally, he was mad. And then, like, the Astros hitting coach, like, you and you can see him on camera, like, challenged him to a fight. Uh and it just it's it's ridiculous like this it, normally this could be the greatest season of baseball ever because of just the shenanigans yeah um you have you know the first complete heel team in baseball since the yankees it's just like everybody wants to see him get beat up oh man that's so, so cool. i don't know i guess my plug is baseball right now it's a shame that it's not i don't think really helping local economies but it's at least interesting in that there are still fights happening yeah i'm all for the beef uh, yes indeed and that's what makes everything interesting, right? So, yeah. My plug is Shefton's Twitch channel. Oh, my goodness. That means I got to stream more. Yeah, that's right. I know. Oh. I know. I, w- I was going so strong, and then I went back to work, and I fallen so off. So, what's your Twitch channel? Uh, Twitch.tv slash T-E-H underscore mummy. Twitch.tv slash the mummy. Yep. There you go. You can you can watch Avod or me stream when I occasionally do. I got to get back on it because I've actually been wanting, like, actively wanting to play more Five Nights at Freddy's. You can also stream yourself, like, playing doing Dark terrible Souls. in Dark Souls. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit embarrassing. Plus, it would be boring. Nobody wants to see me. I've fought Ornstein and Smo like, 19 times. Nobody wants to watch that. Yeah, but they watched you just get killed by a puppet, like, 15 times in a row. I mean, okay. That's true, but eventually I figured it out and got better. I don't know if that'll happen with Dark Souls. It will. I don't know. We'll see. Alan, what's your plot? Watching, watching the growth of a person. That's, that's powerful stuff. Uh, I'm not prepared, so I'm just going to plug Nardwara the Human Serviet. Vancouver, British Columbia. I can't, this coffee ruins my throat. Can't do his voice, but yeah, I discovered Nardwar in 2006, and is, I'm glad to see that Nardwar has finally gotten the respect. Oh, when I found deserved. that song, I went to the band camp and bought this, like just that track. <laughs> Thank you, Garrett. Like, I gave them one Canadian dollar, which equaled 73 American cents. Yep, terrible exchange rate for some reason. It's fine, they get to have LA in movies and, and know, New York. You know, that's true. Yeah, well. This is our, we have some business, oh. a paid ad from a listener. Oh. Go to etsy.com slash shop slash BNB crafting design for those cool felt stabbed animals. Yeah, I still, I need to see like a video of how these things are made. It's still, <laughs> it, it's, it just does not compute. They are awesome. And as, as always, the link will be in the episode description. And thank you to Jan, Britt, and Owen for the use of our theme song, Cryptid Love. Hit us up on Twitter, at Fecre, F-E-A-C-R-E. Shoot us an email, featuredcreaturepod at gmail.com. And check out our Patreon. I'm not going to go into the whole thing because still, still disaster times. I like that we're just going to go for this for a whole another six months, probably. Mm, uh, that's minimum. 
Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping. I'm optimistic. Remember, all I need to do to be a cryptozoologist is to say you're a cryptozoologist. <laughs>